Episode 17 of We Built This Life is about Rachel Wagner, the owner of Fit for Mom Baltimore City, a company that offers fitness classes and community for moms. This is the fourth episode in a series highlighting small business owners in Baltimore. Welcome to We Built This Life. This is the podcast that tells stories about entrepreneurs, freelancers, and other business owners who have built their working lives from that first inkling of an idea into careers that help them make the impact that they want to make on this world. My name is Jennifer Walker. I'm a freelance writer, and I love to hear stories about people who have built careers that are meaningful to them. So on this podcast, you'll hear from people who have done just that. They're going to talk about their path to their current work and the risks they took to build their careers from the ground up. Thank you so much for listening today. Hello, and welcome back to We Built This Life. I'm your host, Jennifer Walker, and with this episode, we go back to the Baltimore series highlighting small business owners and entrepreneurs from, of course, Baltimore. This is the fourth episode in the series, and I hope you'll go back and check out the first three episodes, which are episodes 13 through 15, because I thought the people who came on here had such amazing stories to tell. Today, we'll be featuring a story about Rachel Wagner, who is the owner of Fit for Mom Baltimore City. Fit for Mom is a national organization. They provide several types of fitness classes and programs, as well as community for moms, which is a really big piece of what they do. And Rachel, along with a business partner at the time, bought the Baltimore franchise of Fit for Mom about seven years ago. Today, Rachel is the sole owner of the business, and she has built it up and managed it while being home with her two children, who I believe are in second grade and pre-K at this time. So on this episode, Rachel will kick it off by telling such a great story about how she decided to purchase Fit for Mom Baltimore, and I just love this story, and it really is an example of seizing the opportunity when it's presented to you, even if it takes you in a direction you didn't imagine you would go in. And then Rachel's also going to talk about her first career as a teacher. She used to teach fifth grade. That's what she did before Fit for Mom. And kind of the parallels between her two careers, you know, being a teacher and then being an owner and an instructor at Fit for Mom, because Rachel does teach fitness classes with Fit for Mom sometimes. She has instructors that are on her team, but she also teaches classes as well. So it's interesting to hear how there are some similarities in terms of how Rachel has approached teaching for both kids and adults. So she'll talk about that. And then she's also going to touch on Fit for Mom's United and Anti-Racism Initiative. That's a national initiative for Fit for Mom. But Rachel will be sharing how she incorporates it into the Baltimore franchise. So I will say that you'll hear Rachel and Emmy, who are both white women, try to find the right words or just the words in general to talk about racism as briefly as we do in this episode. So I'm going to air that whole part of the interview and it will come sort of near the end of Rachel's story today. And then of course you can expect in this episode all the things that I generally ask people, small business owners who come on here about things they're most proud of, the things they have found most challenging, and their advice for people who are looking to become business owners themselves or who do already own their small businesses and are just hoping to hear what other people have learned along the way. So I'm really excited about this episode. I've known Rachel as someone I might chat with if we run into each other out and about in Baltimore. I was part of the Stroller Strides program for a while when my youngest was a baby sort of in his late first year of life. And I've done the Run Club program several times. 
And I've spoken before about how cool it is to have people on this show who I know outside of being podcast guests, who I know in real life in some way, because you learn so much more about the person and their career trajectory in this case, because that's the focus of this podcast. So I just think that's really interesting. So I was really happy that Rachel agreed to come on the show and tell a little bit more about how she came to own and manage Fit for Mom Baltimore City. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so happy you're here, and let's get into Rachel Wagner's story. The story of Rachel Wagner becoming a business owner begins in a pub with another mom who was practically a stranger at the time, at the first of what would be many organized happy hours in her Baltimore neighborhood. This was in the spring of 2014, and Rachel had been attending classes at the local Fit for Mom franchise for several months at that point. And Fit for Mom is a national company that offers fitness classes and programs, as I mentioned in the intro, as well as communities for moms. And the national company has local franchises, and there is an arm of Fit for Mom in Baltimore. So Rachel had been attending these classes, and she knew the Baltimore Fit for Mom franchise was going to be for sale. She got to talking about it with the other mom in the pub, whose name also happens to be Rachel, and they realized that their backgrounds complemented each other. They didn't have a relationship before that night, but this one conversation led to Rachel and Rachel purchasing the Fit for Mom Baltimore City franchise and becoming business partners. So it's one of my favorite stories. I remember telling my husband, you know, the business is going up for sale and I had no clue how I could do it. But maybe if I found someone else who knew a little bit more about fitness or running a business, maybe, you know, I'm a quick learner, I could figure it out. And so I attended a happy hour with moms I had either never met or only met a handful of times out in the community. It was like our our inaugural happy hour. (laughs) So we're all walking in meeting strangers essentially for the first time. and some point in the night another mom there her name's also Rachel she and I kind of said to the other did you hear if it for mom was going up for sale because I had seen her at a class or two and I said yeah I've been thinking about it but I really don't know anything about running a business or you know fitness instruction she said I was thinking the same thing except I do have an MBA and I feel like I might know something about running a business even though I've never put it to practice and so we kind of looked at each other like, you want to buy a business together? Joking, but also a little serious. And so we said yes, and we cheersed on it that night. And then the next day, there were the text messages like, how serious were you about doing this? And then we started the serious conversations and crunching numbers and figuring out how it would work with our families. Because our, our husbands both had full-time jobs, and she was working part-time at the time. So we just had to see if it could work, and it turns out it did. <laughs> Wow. So you, you had just met Rachel, the, the other Rachel, right? At this happy hour, you had this conversation in, about becoming business owners right away. <laughs> we did. We, like I said, we had seen each other once or twice at a class, but you know, we hadn't had any social time. We had seen each other maybe at the playground or a play group in a church down the street, but we, we didn't have any friendship that had really started until that night. Oh my gosh, I really love that story. Like talk about like just your life just kind of making this big turn like suddenly and just kind of jumping on it. I mean, that's great that you guys actually went forward because you could have had that conversation and it never could have gone anywhere, but you decided to like take it further. Right. And yeah, it's crazy to think back about because I know there were other women interested in buying the business. And so just to think of of our little conversation in the pub down the street turned to the fact that our offer was accepted as kind of wild. 
So Rachel mentioned that she didn't feel like she had the business experience in the beginning to buy and run a Fit for Mom franchise, but the reason her background complemented her business partner so well is because Rachel has a background in teaching. She taught fifth grade for seven and a half years in a school in Baltimore County, about a mile outside of the city, and it was when she got pregnant with her first child in 2012 that she decided to shift out of that teaching career. I always was the big kid growing up. So I had three younger half brothers and I was always in aftercare, after school care until about six o'clock at night. So my mom was a single mom. She just had to get in her whole work day. So I was always overseeing all the kids <laughs> in lots of parts of life. And so when I started teaching, that's what I found I loved the most was just being with the kids and building relationships with them and learning all of their quirks and their sense of humor and, and fifth grade sense of humor really starts to develop <laughs> and it can be really fun. But getting to know the kids was always my favorite part. How old are your brothers? How far apart are all of you? Oh yeah. So they are five, seven, and nine years younger than me. So yeah, I was always the bigster. <laughs> yeah. So you, did you find that you were teaching them a lot of things or they were looking up to you for like guidance about things? I like to think they were. I only lived with one of them full time. My two other brothers, I only saw primarily every other weekend, occasionally more. But I did, I did always feel like the second mom in the house. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, I guess there's probably good things and challenging things about that. Yeah, and just like in teaching, there are good things about being the leader and helping these young minds get molded. But it's also challenging trying to, you know, really stand up for them if they're if their parents are not involved, which at the school where I was, sometimes that was a little less than what I would have thought would have been the case. So you have to really advocate for these kids in a lot of ways. You know, and then there there are some times when you get bogged down in paperwork, but the relationships I built with the students themselves always made it more than worth it. Was it hard to leave after seven years of being there? Did you find you were kind of ready? What was your decision process like? It was so hard. I thought I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And then as it got closer, I just started second-guessing myself like crazy. And then when I, I learned that I could take a two-year leave so I could stay home, raise my daughter for the first two years of her life, and then have a job if I wanted it at the end of those two years. So even though it was what I always wanted to do was to stay home with my kids when they were little, and I knew I had a job after two years if I wanted it, I still cried my eyes out when I told my principal I was leaving. <laughs> I can imagine that's tough after spending like so much time there and you get to know the kids. Well, and the teachers. I mean, I loved my coworkers. We were a really tight knit group. So this was around 2013. Rachel had just left her teaching job and she was home with her older daughter and she takes her first Fit for Mom class. And she felt this instant connection with the business and with their focus of providing fitness classes and of creating a community for moms. I remember seeing an email on the local listserv for parents about a trial class in the park that was literally half a block from my house. My daughter was three months old and, you know, it said, come to meet moms or come to really work out. Like whatever your goal is, we've got, we've got a place for you. And I thought, oh, that sounds really cool. Like I'll go check it out. And I had made zero mom friends in my neighborhood at that point. I didn't know anybody. So when I went, it was exactly what it said. Like I felt instantly connected to the women there. I, I felt zero judgment, even though I was clearly like starting fresh three months postpartum in my workout. I hadn't also worked in three months. And so I hadn't had the same kind of connection with other people who as a teacher also happened to be women primarily. So I, I felt like I was at home and it was a half a block from my house. I handed over my credit card and 
decided to give it a go. <laughs> yeah. That's a big transition, right? Like not only do you have this new baby, but also like not being at your job. Was that hard? I mean, what was adjusting to that like? And then you found this fitness group and it sounds like that's kind of how you started to meet people. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I got so close to the ladies I worked with for seven years and we didn't have high teacher turnover at my school. And so it was just finding out what I'm supposed to do with myself, who I'm supposed to hang out with. Because some of the ladies at school had kids and some didn't, but now they're either working moms with kids or they're working women without children. And, you know, we didn't follow the same schedules anymore. And the things we could talk about changed. So it was hard to kind of switch identities, but I think Fit for Mom really helped me ease that transition before too long. Yeah. So you had that first class. And then how did your relationship grow with the organization from there? Yeah. So I participated in a program that was designed to be eight weeks of eating a little healthier and moving your body more. And I did that program twice. And somewhere in the second session of this wellness program, I heard that the business was going up for sale. And apparently I had asked the owner at the time a lot of questions about the behind the scenes stuff <laughs> before I knew it was up for sale. And so she approached me, hey, like you, you know, always ask me questions about, about this business and maybe about teaching one day. And so I just wanted to let you know I was going to list it for sale soon. So then my wheels started turning, but I was a teacher and a mom. And like, I had no idea how I could ever add business owner to that in an industry I had zero experience in. I imagine that that's really scary. And I want to ask you more about that. It seems like that was a quick turnaround from when you first found Fit for Mom to when it went up for sale. Was that within like a couple months? It was. So September is when I started as a client and I set up my LLC by that April. So I don't remember exactly when the business went up for sale, but seven months or so. <laughs> Yeah, that is fast. So when you were younger, what was your relationship to like fitness or movement? Did you grow up an athlete or was movement always a part of your life? Or did you sort of more shift into that after you had your kids and found fit for mom? Yeah, this is funny. I was just talking to my husband about this because sometimes I still don't picture myself as the owner of a fitness business. <laughs> just because growing up, I loved playing sports. And I did. I started playing softball, I think when I was in fifth grade through a rec league. And then I carried that through high school and I played basketball in high school. I didn't do much of any sports in college because I was working full time or close to it while going to school at places like Target and uh, Retirement Community. When I graduated and started teaching, I did join a couple of social leagues. So while I never thought of myself as someone who was a fitness person and I, I hardly ever belonged to a gym, I did always enjoy movement alongside other people. So looking back, like it, it makes sense that I am where I am. But you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would be the owner of a fitness business, it would have never been something I would have thought possible. So Rachel Wagner had this conversation with her business partner, Rachel at the pub all those years ago. And then after consideration, they bought the Fit for Mom Baltimore franchise together. And then right off the bat, they were running a business while learning about all the aspects of running a business. It's like starting anything new, right? You have to start and learn as you go to an extent. If you wait until you know everything, you'll never start. And so much is learned by just doing it and figuring out what works. And that was the case for Rachel as she embarked on this new career. So what were those early days like of being a new business owner and working with Rachel? What was it like working with a partner? 
I mean, it was great. I'm sure it had its challenges. I feel like it's like motherhood. Like you look back, you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. But when you're in the thick of it, it was probably kind of crazy. I mean, we kind of divided and conquered what were our strengths? What kind of tasks did we enjoy? And we split the business tasks as evenly as we could. And then we also split the teaching schedule. Um, so in the beginning, I mean, she was figuring out all the back end finances, best practices. And I was learning how to do marketing and communicate with clients, I guess the more visible things that people could see on the outside. And at the same time, as we were figuring all of that out, we were also at times teaching every class offered in a week, which was about eight classes. The instructor that we had didn't teach in the summers. So like we we just were thrown into it. And I feel like I thrived <laughs> in that under pressure kind of situation. So it was definitely crazy. But looking back, I mean, we made it happen and we survived and our business started to grow. What was it like teaching the classes? I mean, I know you taught fifth graders before, so obviously very different. But did you see like any similarities to like your old career as a teacher? I mean, when you're teaching in the classroom, I had up to 31 students at a time. And so I had to teach the same content in a way that all 31 brains or that you know, you would hope that they would be able to learn something from. So I was used to teaching some visual learners and hands-on learners and the kids who were better listening to content. So I was used to meeting students, you know, based on their learning style. And it really isn't that different in a fitness program because you have the moms who want to listen to the cues and then they'll, you know, adjust their bodies based on what you say. And then you have the moms who want to watch you do it first and they can copy you. And the emotional component of feeling confident. You have to build a student's confidence in fifth grade, just like sometimes you have to build a mom's confidence to show up in front of a group of other ladies with your postpartum body and start working out. That's interesting too, in that you notice that the moms were learning in different ways too, just like the students. And you have to kind of be aware of that, like when you're teaching. So you mentioned that you had to learn marketing. What did you learn about marketing? Because to me, it feels like you're really good at that, being visible and getting yourself out there. But how did you build that skill? And what are the biggest lessons that you took from that? You know, I think a lot of it in the beginning was flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> I remember looking at other Fit for Mom franchises and seeing what they were doing. And the being a franchise, we did get some tools from the home office. But I mean, you're running your own business. Like you have a lot of freedom to do things. And our home office is in San Diego. So what works on the West Coast in San Diego doesn't necessarily work in Baltimore City for marketing strategies and whatnot. So it was just a lot of trial and error, a lot of reading articles and best practices. I probably Googled so many things and learning about Facebook algorithms. <laughs> and those things change all the time. So you really have to keep up. But yeah, just you, you see another brand you like and you try to see what they're doing and copy their strategy a little bit. And and the same thing, hitting people with a bunch of different types of marketing because same way, you know, you reach different kids in the classroom and different moms in the, the fitness part of the workout. Some women are on Facebook and some are on Instagram and some will just Google you. So you have to make sure your SEO on your website, which I didn't even know what SEO was. I had to learn all about website optimization and then moms might not be on social media. And so a flyer hanging in Starbucks might be your best option. So it's really just hitting all the different types of marketing out there to try to be visible. That's a good point. And the SEO, I could probably take an SEO course. It still confuses me. And the algorithms. I feel like people talk about the Instagram algorithm all the time and it's like over my head. It changes. I mean, Facebook and Instagram have changed so much since I started this business seven years ago. So I've had to always try to keep up. <laughs> Thank you.
So it's 2014 when Rachel had bought the Baltimore Fit for Mom franchise with her business partner and they're managing it and learning as they go. And then 2015 hits. Rachel has a lot going on in her personal life, a lot going on, including being pregnant with her second child. And then in her business, as she shifts into being the full owner, the sole owner of Fit for Mom Baltimore. So how long did you work with Rachel, your business partner, before? Did she move? And that's how you ended up shifting into running Fit for Mom on your own? Yeah. So we started the business April, May of 2014. And then she and I were both pregnant within the first year of owning the business. Um, and so when she she had her baby first um, the following spring, and she kind of knew that she wanted to be closer to home back in Indiana. And so I don't remember at what point she told me that, but I think I had a good six months to wrap my brain around the change that was coming because I wasn't ready to be done with it for mom. It was a little scary because my baby hadn't come yet, <laughs> my second daughter. And so at that point, it was clear that I had to hire some more team members to teach because I wouldn't be able to do that for a while. And I had no clue what life was going to be like with two kids at home because at that point, nobody was in preschool yet. So I was also doing everything while being a full-time mom. That is a lot. It is, but you know, I I love and hate the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But I mean, really, you sometimes you get through things, you're like, wow, I just did that. <laughs> Was that the hardest part, like the hardest time in your like fit for mom business journey? It definitely was to add on top of my business partner leaving and my daughter being born. I also lost my dad earlier that year. So like that was a crazy year for so many reasons. But the best part about Fit for Mom is that I've always had women surrounding me who understand that life is real and life happens. And the same with the clients. Like everyone's been really understanding when different things come up that <laughs> make me be a little less attentive than I would have been otherwise. Did you ever think at any point that maybe it all felt like too much? I mean, the loss of your dad and then having a baby on the way, that's a lot at once. Or did you always know that Fit for Mom is something you wanted to keep going with? Yeah, there has not yet been a point where I've been ready to walk away <laughs> to try to, you know, turn it over to another another mom starting her journey. But I definitely realized when it got to be a lot. And I, I've always been very open with my team and my clients just to kind of say, hey, like, there's a lot going on. But keep the lines of communication open. And my team's always been happy to step up. So I think with understanding clients and understanding team members, it never felt impossible. Either. Yeah, this was what, five years ago, maybe? Yeah, and I took ownership over January 1, 2016. So I guess I've had it on my own for five years. <laughs> so Rachel has been running this business while her kids were at home, as in not at school, a lot of the time at different times. So first when they were young, before they actually started school, and then when the pandemic hit and all the kids were at home again. So when you think about the nuts and bolts of running a franchise, a small business, how your hours are structured, how employees are managed, because Rachel does have several people who work with her to teach classes, this is how that looks for her. This is how she structures her time, both for all those years pre-COVID and then during the pandemic, because she had to shift her business model very quickly, like within a weekend quickly, to ensure that her business, which had always focused on these in-person classes and connection, could keep going despite pandemic restrictions. So what does your role as an owner look like? What is the day-to-day -day like for you? And I'm sure that's looked different as your kids are younger versus when they're in school versus like 
pandemic times, but <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> when they're younger and at home and at school at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> when everything's at once. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit like have you ever seen the picture of a duck or or a video and like it looks so smooth above the water and underwater the feet are going so fast. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like. But I mean, every day there are tasks I try to keep up with, like responding to emails or keeping our name visible on social media. And then I teach classes still, planning classes and attending, showing up for those. It's a little bit different every day. Marketing and email stay pretty consistent. My teaching schedule is it's a little inconsistent at the moment because we fill in for each other and people are starting to tap back to travel at this point. So, <laughs> But monthly are where I have the big things like scheduling the next month, paying my team, and then there are some project-based things pop up here and there. Do you get like chunks of time each day to work or do you find you're sort of like just working in whatever time is freed up for you? Definitely the latter. I try to chunk out times, but it doesn't, it seems like they're always interrupted. So I tend to work best late at night when my house is completely silent. <laughs> it's not good for my sleeping needs, but I really do crank out a lot of work at night. Yeah, I can identify with that. The nights are much better for me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So have we talked about Fit for Mom programs yet? Maybe a little bit. I know you mentioned Stroller Strides and maybe one or two others, but do you want to give an overview of what programs you offer? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned the ones when I started Stroller Strides, and, um, the evening program that used to be called Body Back and then the running program. That was before I bought and we quickly added on over the years. So, I mean, we kind of follow a mom from her journey, pregnancy and beyond. So we have a program called Fit for Baby that is kid-free class and the moms come with their kids in their bellies. <laughs> and it's great because when you're pregnant, you may or may not have a coworker or someone you see often who is also pregnant. So it's just nice to be in a group of ladies experiencing the same thing at the same time. And from there, you can kind of graduate on once baby comes to Stroller Strides, which we also offer a program called Stroller Bar. And they're both stroller-based workouts, and they're meant to be designed for moms to come as soon as her doctor clears her for postnatal exercise, which is usually around six weeks postpartum. And our instructors do a really good job of offering low-intensity workouts all the way up for to higher-intensity workouts for moms who maybe have been coming a while and whose bodies have regained the strength. It's a nice way also to connect with other moms with little ones because you're just dealing with different things with kids and their sleep changes and they eat so many different foods in the first two years and learning all their little quirks. And then beyond that, we offer Body Boost, which is a kid-free, high-intensity workout and run club as well, which is race training. So whether you are pregnant, whether you bring your kids with you, or whether you want to work out with no kids and just really able to push yourself. Everybody works out for a different reason. Some moms really just want to be around other moms moving their bodies. Some moms really have different strength and endurance goals. And we try to make it so that everyone feels like they can take the workouts wherever they want and set whatever goal they want for themselves. I love the way you describe it about how it's like following a mom, like through her journey, you know, you have all these different levels of classes, but then you have something in common with the other people, no matter what level you're at, because you're all parents. So it's kind of like instant connection. For sure. That's what I felt in my first class. We were all moms with like infants or toddlers. And so if there wasn't a mom that was in the same stage as me, it was the mom, the next one up that I could learn a few tricks from, <laughs> hopefully before my kiddo got to be that age. 
I wish I had known about these programs when my youngest was born. I remember it took me like six months to get the courage to go to the library and like talk to other moms. But if this had like been available, maybe I could have, or I mean, it was available. I'm sure I just didn't know about it, but maybe I could have like met people a little bit sooner. It just seems like such a good thing. I mean, for any mom, but at the very beginning when you're really trying to meet people to have this time to like focus on yourself and to be around other moms, I would think would be really helpful. For sure. So it sounds like you're describing more of like a a stay-at-home mom situation, maybe, where you're looking to just connect with people. But also, we have been told several times from moms who are returning to a job that not only is it great to meet other moms, but it also just helps to establish the routines of getting out of the house in the morning. (laughs) So whereas if you if you don't attend in your maternity leave and you haven't set anything up and your first day back to work is the first time you've ripped off that band-aid kind of thing. And while that wasn't my experience because I was at home, I definitely love that moms get something out of the workout that I had never (laughs) thought would be one of the benefits. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that, like a way to ease back into things for working parents. And what about, I'm going to shift a little bit because you mentioned about having to hire people at a certain point to teach your classes. I haven't talked to too many people who've had employees. What was that process like taking on people to work for you or with you or working together on the on the business? And how are you a leader for them? How do you take on that role? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that we had one instructor Actually, we had two. We had one stroller instructor and one running coach come over from the former ownership. So that was great. We didn't have to hire any brand new people right away and we could get our feet wet running the business. But having people work under us, although I always hate saying that because I just I I like saying work with us. (laughs) That's probably better. I knew as soon as I said it, it wasn't the right terminology. (laughs) But having those ladies look up to us. We got the feeling of how that worked and what things we liked about the relationship we had with them and what things we, you know, could do better as owners. And so it gave us a good foundation for when we went to hire. What were we looking for? What was important to us based on the ladies that we already had working with us? And right now, yeah, I have a team of five and I've had a team of up to nine at different points (laughs) in the business. And so I try to set a good example and I try to be really mindful that the reason I started this business was because I could do it while being a mom at the same time. And I I have asked for a lot of grace over the years. Like I said, the year with my dad passing away and my business partner moving and having my second baby. And everyone might go through these big years. So when I ask them for grace, I also try to give grace and be there for them as a support. The lines have always been blurry between being the boss (laughs) or the leader and also being a friend. So just, I guess, trying to set an example for how I want them to lead the moms in our classes, leading with grace, making the extra effort to check in. Yeah. Do you all have a lot of contact or do you find that instructors function pretty much independently and it's just kind of like checking in every now and then? I mean, there are ebbs and flows. We definitely talk a fair bit. I mean, we have a Facebook group we communicate with. We have a text thread, but everybody has a pretty consistent schedule. And so when changes need to happen on that front, they might contact each other, contact me. And I like to keep them keyed in on what my next big plan is (laughs) for a schedule shift or adding a new program. Or if I've noticed something that I think they would like to know for a way to improve their classes or new things you hear all the time about a different issue a mom is having with like wrist pain. So then we all talk about it. What can we do for moms that have this issue in our classes? We do communicate, I guess, probably a good bit. But yeah, everybody's really passionate about refining our craft and reaching moms the best way we can because while it's a job for all of us, it's just way more. (laughs) 
we've all been clients at some point. So we know the benefits, we know the mental, emotional benefits as well as the physical benefits. And so we want to make sure we can deliver that experience. It's so nice when you feel like your job is like more, like you feel really connected to it. I feel like that's what, I mean, how many people actually strive for that? So it's nice when you can find something that feels like that for you. So I want to ask you about COVID and how your business changed as a result. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like when things started closing up? March 2020, like when you realized it was going to impact your business and how you sort of went from there to adjust what you were offering to your community? Sure. Yeah. You know, I've been doing a lot of looking back as that was about one year ago. So it was so crazy. I mean, one week we heard COVID was a thing. I guess you had heard it for a while. And then I don't remember why, what particular news came out, but we all of a sudden were like, okay, we're not going to touch anymore. We're not going to share equipment anymore. We're bringing hand sanitizer. And and it was so fast. I, I mean, probably as fast as the schools shut down around here that we went to this hands off class format where we all just stood kind of at a distance. I think it was only two days later, three days later that we were told we couldn't offer classes anymore. So we shut down classes. Our last one was on a Saturday morning at a park nearby. And then by Monday morning at 9 a.m., we were all set up with a six to seven day a week schedule on Zoom. So that weekend was really intense for me. <laughs> and I tried to go live with my clients and our Facebook group and send emails just to let them know like I'm watching. And so in talking to people and in talking to my team, You know, I just got to work and changed the website and changed our scheduling system and set up a Zoom account, a paid Zoom account, not just the free 40 minute one. And and also, you know, try to be mindful of the fact that the security breaches that can happen on Zoom have happened with Zoom bombings. I tried to think ahead of ways to prevent those. And yeah, so that by that Monday, I mean, we were... so crazy. I think we just became virtual instructors. Never knew what that was going to be like. Didn't have any best practices lined up because none of us had ever done it before. And somehow we, I think we pulled it off. (laughs) That's crazy. Were you worried? Were you scared at all during that time? Were you thinking like, oh, this is my livelihood. How am I going to turn this around? Or did it all just happen so fast? You didn't even have time to think about that. No, there was a lot of worry. I didn't know if people would continue on with virtual classes, if they would see the value in it anymore. Because when you're in person, you can talk throughout the whole class. But in the virtual setting, you have 10 moms on a Zoom. You don't want everyone off mute because then they would steal the instructor. So like they have to stay muted, which is just so different than what we were used to. And we did have some moms who put a holder in their memberships because they didn't want to take virtual classes. But we also had moms find that they actually enjoyed the option for virtual and they even want to see it go now a whole year later. They want to see it continue when we start to offer more outside classes. So there was definitely worry. I didn't know if clients would jump ship. I didn't know if my team would want to keep teaching in this way because it's lonely. You're in you're talking to a computer and no one's talking back to you for 30 minutes to an hour when you used to be right in the conversation with the moms in classes. So it took some getting used to. And I think we all had our different points of stickiness throughout, but it, it worked out. And I you know the team, like I, I've said a thousand times, like they've always been so supportive and our members have as well. Even the ones who dropped memberships, like it wasn't a bad breakup. It was just a, this isn't for me, but I'll be back. 
did you find that there was any way that you learned over time to sort of foster that connection online that you kind of lost without being in person? Or do you just think of it as something totally different, like a different kind of offering? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I offered a mom's night in weekly, which after a while, we were all so sick of Zoom and people stopped coming to them so often. But yeah, I mean, we have a Facebook group that our members can use to communicate. So we try to every, you know, every now and then post something fun or encourage them to get chatty. But in the beginning, we were definitely heavy on the Zoom nights in. Yeah. Do you think you'll continue with virtual offerings? Definitely. I mean, I just surveyed all of our current clients and overwhelming. Yes, please still offer virtual. Like we're excited about outdoor classes, but mom life and virtual classes go really well together also just to have that option. So as long as, you know, this is what the moms say they want. And if they come to the classes that they like, then we'll continue to offer it. Yeah, I could see that having the virtual option would seem really convenient for some people, you know, not having to pack up your kids and go out and just being able to do it at home if it's a crazy day. But I understand that loss of connection too. So it's nice to have both. Yeah. I guess let's just keep going with this about working at home while your kids are in virtual school. What has that been like? Absolutely crazy. I have a five-year-old who's finished by 11 a.m. most days, and then a seven-year-old who goes full day until 2.30. So in that time, I always try to work, (laughs) but there are lots of interruptions because some breaks are consistent for their school day and some are not. So it's really hard to get work done in that time, but it's made me rely heavily on, I have about three days each week where we're in a pod with another family and they take the kids for two hours, three afternoons a week. So I try to squeeze in things to that time. And like I said, I just pull late nighters have to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, parents are doing it, but I don't know. I don't know how. Like, you know, you know, my youngest is three and it's hard to get anything done when he's at home, but my parents take him one night a week. And so I have that experience of having two kids in school for one day and trying to get stuff done. And it's, it's a lot of interruptions and it is hard to get like any kind of flow going. It feels like very fragmented. Yeah. And that's another thing. I mean, just trying to find out how I can help the moms who have the stricter schedules than I do. <laughs> like, what can we do for you with our schedule, with our offerings? Because you know, if you work a nine to five, those are your only hours and you're dealing with this crazy day of interruption. If you can fit in wellness, like when can I do it for you? Because I want to make sure they have the option too. So I like to ask people who come on this show about how they have had to get out of their comfort zone to move their business forward and just to grow and expand in some way. It's not something I had thought about asking before until Maura Reed in episode 15, who owns Zoe & Co. Candle Company, had brought up getting out of her comfort zone. And now I want to know how everybody has done it. So when I asked Rachel this question, she talked about Fit for Mom, the national organization, and their United in Anti-Racism initiative, as I mentioned in the intro, and how that initiative has looked within Rachel's Fit for Mom business in Baltimore. So Rachel looked at who she was reaching through her services and then made an effort to educate herself about racism and to provide resources through her business. That could be from like posting a guide to black owned and black created businesses in Baltimore to hosting anti-racism virtual events where people can gather to have an open discussion about a specific topic. You can find these resources on the Fit for Mom Baltimore City website. There's a link on the homepage that says our pledge. If you just look under there, there's different blog posts for each month. 
So figuring out how an anti-racism initiative was going to look within Rachel's Baltimore chapter of Fit for Mom, that has been out of her comfort zone, but important and something that she is really committed to. I'm thinking of a year ago. I had known that Fit for Mom, my team is is primarily white and our membership is primarily white. We're in Baltimore City and looking at things from a diversity perspective is probably the most challenging thing I've had to do and biggest shift I've had to make to like make sure I am being inclusive in every way that I can be. That's the most recent big challenge I've had is just making sure that I'm I'm putting in the work with the reading and the listening and talking to other people to figure out what fit for mom's place is in anti-racism and what we can do as a community to move that forward. So yeah, I guess I just dive into education when things get hard and I try to talk to as many people as will talk to me about it and, and try to mostly with help move forward. Yeah. What podcasts or books or audiobooks have you found to be really helpful? And is there there anything you've learned about Fit for Mom and and being more inclusive or things you're trying to put into practice or maybe, you know, you're still the learning stage? Like, what's that looking like? Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of individual episodes of podcasts and read a lot of articles. So things that might fit into mom life because I am not one to sit down and read a book anymore, sadly. I just find a topic that I'm interested in and I start Googling or talking to people about different podcasts. So Reply All Test Kitchen was a really eye-opening podcast about kind of how white supremacy shows its head in the workplace and a lot about body liberation. And in the Black community, there are so many different resources that I think when Fit for Mom puts out some nutrition guidance, it's not always the kind of, of foods and products that are accessible to a wide range of people. So whenever I listen to something or learn something, I mean, I talk to my team about it. I also take it back to the home office and say, hey, like, I've been reading about this. What are your plans? Fit for Mom has been really trying to make big changes in diversity at the home office and in the way that we market programs and in the way we reach moms with all different backgrounds racially, financially, we really do want to reach all the moms. And so I really am having a hard time answering this question. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, I know it's a hard one. I struggle to put, I mean, as somebody who's like white, it's hard to talk about anti-racism and like, I don't know what you're trying to, to do about it, like how you're working on yourself and then how you're working on, on your business and like the role you're supposed to play. I, I wouldn't know how to answer that question either. I mean, I I brought it up as what's been the most, you know, one of the biggest challenges and how I addressed it because it really has been hard to navigate, but I I know it's important that I don't stop the discussion. So I just always present myself as I'm not the expert. I'm still learning. Me and I I really love talking about it because someone always has a perspective or an experience that I, you know, haven't had. Yeah. I love that you were, I had never been able to to attend one, but I love that you were holding the anti-racism talks just to kind of get people talking about different topics or that you suggest reading material or a podcast to listen to and then like have a discussion about it. I always thought that that sounded really interesting just to create a space for people where you could share perspectives. Yeah. I mean, I've always tried to create a safe space for moms in in the workout room (laughs) or in the park. So I was hoping that would translate. Yeah. And the most recent podcast, going back to a specific example, there's a podcast called Body Kindness and it's Rebecca Scritchfield. I believe she's a dietitian. And so she has a series on anti-racism or I guess a compilation of several episodes that have touched on it. So I've been working my way through those most recently. 
just talking about like diet culture and how way eye-opening how it's rooted in white supremacy and racism and just trying to okay like how can I dismantle that because I, I see some parallels because boutique fitness is primarily white and that doesn't like sit well with me to know that I am a part of that constantly trying to learn new things and be open to trying uncomfortable things, including discussing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for trying to to talk about that. I know it's not it's not easy to find the words or to find the words that you think are the right words or to know what to say. So I'll shift into just a more general business question about successes and challenges with Fit for Mom. What are you most proud of in your business? And I mean, we t- well, I guess we talked about the challenges a little bit, that time in your life where you had so much going on. But I guess just if you had another answer to that question, something that comes up. Sure. I mean, I've definitely been most proud of kind of what I was most proud of as a teacher is just fostering community and building relationships. While Fit for Mom is totally... It looks like a fitness business. It's really about helping moms find their place and feel connected to one another. And from what the clients tell me, they find community here and appreciate, you know, all the different ways that we try to bring moms together in a judgment-free safe space. So, so yeah, community within my team, community within my membership, and even with community partners. I mean, I love that I've built connections with the local pelvic floor therapist, because that's a problem that a lot of moms have that they only will talk about in a very safe space. So I love that the local pelvic floor therapist offers some chats with the moms. You know, we had a great partnership with the running store and just getting people within the community and bring together people who who need each other has been really rewarding. And the challenge has always been time (laughs) with the business, just because I did start it as a stay-at-home mom. And with no childcare and trying to to make it worth it because while the paycheck may not be as important as it would be if I was running another job, just because this is so rewarding for other reasons, time is still precious when you're raising small children because they grow up fast. <laughs> so I love pouring my heart into the business, but I also need to get better, I think, about chunking out that time where I fully devote myself to my kids other times really devote myself to the important work that I feel I'm doing within Fit for Mom. Yeah. It feels like you're right on the cusp of that getting easier, right? When both of your kids eventually go back to school. Oh my goodness. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) It's right. It's just hang on a little longer. It's coming. (laughs) Is there anything about being a business owner that has surprised you? Do you wish you knew anything when you started? Oh, the fact that I ever became a business owner surprised me. (laughs) And I don't, I mean, I think that Rachel and I in the beginning did a lot of good fact finding about what it would take to make sure we were being realistic. But I do know that there was a big learning curve in the fact that your business is not going to be for everyone. While I can offer it as a business for all moms, there might be some moms who need something different or want something different. And so there are times that that you might lose a member, not know why, something of that nature. And so just learning that it's okay. Like there are so many different things that are out there for people and something might serve someone better than my business. Like I always want to serve them, but recognizing that that variety is good and needs are different was something that was a harder pill to swallow. 
I feel like that's a lesson people I follow on social media are always sharing who own like all kinds of businesses. Oh, really? Yeah. Whatever you offer is not for everyone. I feel like they're always trying to drill that into other people because you're right. It is hard to realize that. I don't want to say it's like a rejection thing, but you will process it in the same way, right? So you have to kind of just realize that you're looking for the people who are the right fit for what you offer and not, you know, worry if it's not going to work out for everybody. Sounds like I need to follow some more people you're following. (laughs) I might have to swap notes. I'll send you some names. (laughs) What about about advice for other people who are thinking of starting a business? And I guess related to, in particular, what you do, kind of buying into a franchise. Yeah, for me, it was being ready to wear all the hats. There are things that come up that I don't have a staff. I have instructors for the fitness side of things, but I haven't hired an accountant or a marketing person. I could. And maybe my business will be at a place next year where that looks more realistic financially. But when the ball starts to drop, I mean, you're the person who's going to pick it up. And so when you're getting ready to run a business, being the jack of all trades, even if you're not an expert in all of them, but just being able to dabble in different things and get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable as those new things come your way. So I told Rachel when we were talking that I think this advice that you have to get uncomfortable as new things come your way is one of the best pieces of advice and something I have to remind myself about over and over again. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and that's hard because it's an awful feeling. But if you get used to pushing yourself into those spaces, it really can be what you need to move forward. So I really want to thank Rachel Wagner for being a guest on today's show. I love the focus of her business, this idea of using fitness as a way to also provide community for moms. I think that is so, so needed. And it was really fun to hear her story. I think that the way she started her business, the fact that she had this conversation at a pub one night, just this kind of random conversation that maybe never could have gone anywhere with a mom she kind of knew, but not that well. That's just such a great example, as I said before, of seeing an opportunity and just jumping, just going for it. And you know, I'm sure it wasn't like that. Like Rachel just jumped. I'm sure she put a lot of thought into it, but that conversation at the pub could have been one that didn't go anywhere. And it has led to her having this whole new career. So if there's anything I want to leave you with today, it's to be aware of those opportunities when they present themselves and just feel the fear. They always say, feel the fear anyway. And if it feels right, just go for it. So again, thank you so much for tuning in today, for spending some time today with the We Built This Life podcast. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. We'll be back with a new episode soon, and I will see you then. Thank you for listening today to We Built This Life. If you enjoyed the show or if you have constructive feedback, I would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also come say hi on Instagram. I'm at We Built This Life. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Have an amazing day and I'll see you soon.